I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. We are in season 10, and we are part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. So happy to have you join us. Just a quick reminder for those of you who have not joined as premium members yet, what are you waiting for? Click on that join now button on parentingaces.com, become a premium member, you get access to all kinds of great discounts, and you get quarterly consults with me to help guide you through your junior and college tennis journey with your family. Also, we've got a shop now on parentingaces.com with some fun merch. So if you're in the mood to do a little shopping, why not do it at parentingaces.com? We'd love to have you rocking our merch at your next tennis event. So this week's podcast is one I'm really excited about. I am going to be chatting with my son's BFF. Um, He's going to kill me for saying that. Um, His former roommate and teammate from Boise State. And this guy lives in Auckland, New Zealand, came to the States to play college tennis and has a really interesting story and interesting journey. Um, Jack Heslin has become part of our family uh, as a result of rooming with and playing tennis with my son. And we just absolutely adore him. And so I'm so excited to bring him on the podcast and let you hear what his journey was like. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without further ado, let me get Jack on the stream. Jack, welcome. So excited to see you and so excited to chat with you. Yeah, morning, Lisa. I should say afternoon. It's morning here in New Zealand. But yeah, excited to be on the podcast as well. And um, yeah, looking forward to diving into it in my experience uh, with college. So yeah, thanks for having me. Sure. So let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, How did you first get in tennis and what first got you started playing the sport? Well, for me, I mean, I grew up in London, so um, we had access to a bunch of different sports. My, you know, both my parents grew up playing tennis as well as a bunch of other sports. So for me, it was more, I think I did about six or seven sports. I just kind of fell into tennis based on the fact that it was probably the thing I was best at, maybe the thing I most enjoyed when I was younger. I think that individual piece as well, where it's an individual sport, you can kind of go out there and it's you at the end of the day against someone else rather than relying on a team, which I to enjoy when I was younger because I was very competitive. So yeah, I just kind of fell into choosing between, um, you know, tennis, cricket, and I guess rugby. So just fell into tennis. And ever since then, I've pretty much been playing since I was five years old, um, which resulted in me going to the States and still playing to this day. 
And it's been a family affair in the Heslin family. It's not just you, but your brothers too, right? Yeah, so I have two younger brothers. Uh, one of them, Tim, actually joined me at Boise State for a year, I think the year after Morgan left. So, yeah, uh, we've all very, been very sporty as a family growing up. And, yeah, we all play tennis. My mum plays tennis. Even my granddad plays tennis probably about six days a week. Um, so, yeah, very tennis-focused family. And um, I guess that was you know another reason why I got into it at such an early age as well. So your junior tennis years, you spent mostly in London, or were you in New Zealand during that time too? So I'd say for my junior tennis that I remember, it was probably most in New Zealand. I think we moved when I was about 11 years old over to Auckland, New Zealand. So before that, was just kind of doing, you know, pretty basic, uh, you know, junior tennis, I guess you'd call it, in London, but then kind of moved into tournaments and I guess playing a lot more uh, when I moved to New Zealand. We had, you know, easier access to courts. I knew quite a few people in the tennis circle. Um, you know, my parents had friends that were coaches. So kind of ramped up the tennis in terms of training and getting into tournaments as well once I moved to New Zealand. So I'd say most of my junior tennis career was based in New Zealand um, and the South Pacific, traveling quite a lot as well. New Zealand's quite a remote country um, for tennis, I would say. So when you turned 14, did you start playing the ITF circuit? When you talk about travel, is that what you mean? Yeah, so I think think it's 14 you can start playing or 13. I'm not a current member now, but... uh, yeah, I think my first tournament, I would have been about 14 years old. I would have been in Auckland, New Zealand. We have about four ITF tournaments a year in New Zealand, which you know, seems like a lot to, I guess, non-tennis players. But, you know, it's very limited, I think, just for a year. So a lot of it's traveling around to, you know, the islands like Fiji, Australia, um, New Caledonia even. So I got to see some cool places. Um, I guess that's what we need to do as a tennis player from New Zealand. You need to travel and um, to get those points up, to get recruited, to get noticed. So... Yeah, I think that's the main reason that brought me um, into traveling with tennis. And it's something you just need to do once you get to that next level in the States, especially. Yeah. And so at what point did you decide that playing college tennis in the States was something that interested you? How did you even know about college tennis? I think from from that perspective, you know, college tennis is kind of the, the be all and end all from New Zealand, really, unless you're at that elite level from a young age, like Cameron Norrie, for example. Um but everyone else, their kind of goal is to go to America. They want to get out of New Zealand. I think New Zealand's quite limited in terms of their tennis advancement. Kind of get to an age where you, you leave high school and there's not much out there in terms of tournaments, in terms of funding. So from my perspective, it was just about going to college from you know a very young age, even 14, 15. That was my goal. My goal was to go to ITS, build up points, get a scholarship to the States. You know, first of all, just to move away from home. I thought it would be great to have that experience to move overseas, you know, do my degree as well as playing the sport that I grew up playing. And, yeah, so I'd say that was kind of the main driver or motivator behind me wanting to go to college. And it was always something in the back of my mind since I was, you know, 14, 15, started playing almost competitively. Um, and, yeah, I think the coaches in New Zealand push that a lot as well. They have good connections. We have good recruiting uh, companies based in New Zealand. They have good contacts over there. So it's always kind of ingrained in everyone's mind, I would say, um, a lot of my friends I grew up playing tennis with in New Zealand did the same journey. They went to the States. It's not like you just stop playing at 18. A lot of people just go on. And I think um, you know, New Zealand or Kiwi tennis players are kind of not sought after in the States, but I think they have a good reputation um, over the years just based on some good work, I guess, previous people did from New Zealand tennis-wise. So, yeah, I think it's just a, a conversation that I've had with previous college players that went before me, previous coaches, and was something I'd always been interested in from very long, very young age, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And how did you figure out where to come in the States? Had you traveled to the States during your 
junior tennis journeys? Did you come over for any of the ITFs here or what, were you just kind of stabbing in the dark and trying to figure out where it would work for you to come? I mean, I went to the States when I was about 14, just for a two week kind of holiday slash tennis camp. But yeah, aside from that, I had no idea really about how the whole recruiting process worked, about which state it was best, about which division was best even. So it was a very big learning curve for me, big learning process. I think I was fortunate enough to have you know, a few friends that were going through the same process at the same time. Um, my parents were very helpful, had coaches that, you know, sent kids to college before, had a few contacts over there. So for me, I think it was just, yeah, completely new. I knew nothing about, you know, which state to go to, which school to go to. I mean, I couldn't have told the difference between, you know, the University of Tennessee or the University of, you know, Northern Alabama, for example. I just had no idea. So, um, yeah, it was a great learning experience experience for me and I think my first year over there was similar I didn't really know what to expect or how to kind of um, you know go about the whole tennis college experience whereas I know the American kids kind of grow up with that you know surrounded by it in fact so yeah for me it was it was all very new um, but at the same time enjoyable to, to do something completely you know out of the comfort zone and something I wasn't familiar with. So when you were going through recruiting, were you reaching out to coaches yourself or was your coach doing it how how involved parents you know talk us through a little bit about how your recruiting experience went yeah sure so initially for me it was um i think i got quite a few emails when i was about 17 i hadn't really started looking at colleges yet i was going to wait in you know, six months but i think just based on my itf ranking it was you know quite decent at the time and I'm guessing college coaches start recruiting a bit early when you're 17, want to get you you know, over there before anyone else does. So I had quite a few emails from people just out of the blue, um, just based on my ranking, based on some recent performances and some tournaments. So that's what how was, it kind of started. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but what was your ITF ranking? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was about 290 or something, 295, okay. just under 300 um, at the time. Okay. And yeah, I'd say probably didn't have the experience to do as many tournaments as most people would to get to that ranking. So I, I think I did quite successful in that six months per year period when I was 17, which is maybe why some coaches reached out um, during that period. But I, I guess the reason um, those coaches reached out it helped me as well with the recruiting process. So I could look at those schools, I kind of get a feel about you know which coaches were recruiting, how they recruited their recruiting styles. And after that, my recruiting process was more about me just reaching out to coaches. So I'd research states, um, schools, kind of build a list of about five to ten schools I was really interested in and then nailed that down to about three schools that I was really, you know, I guess gunning for. Um, so one of them was actually Furman, which was the first school I actually signed signed with. It was ready to go and everything. And then all of a sudden the coach left. Um, I wasn't too comfortable about going in with the new coach. So I ended up just getting Tennessee based on the fact that the Furman coach knew the Tennessee head coach. We had quite a lengthy conversation over a couple of weeks. And yeah, I just resulted in um, starting in Tennessee, I think, in the fall of 2016. And you you were there your freshman year, and you transferred. What happened in your freshman year that led you to start the transfer process? What were you looking for? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was um, a great experience. It's a you know very big school, very big sporting school. Um, I met a lot of people that I'm still you know very friendly with today, like Morgan. And I think uh, the reason I transferred was just maybe wasn't the best fit tennis-wise. So I was you know, having a great time maybe outside of tennis. It was maybe a bit too, um, you know, maybe too focused towards tennis rather than academics as well being a big priority. It was more just tennis, tennis, tennis. And 
that's something I, you know, was going over there for, but at the same time, I wanted to get that overall experience of, you know, not just you know, doing well in academics, doing well in tennis, but, you know, going out, meeting people, traveling. Um, and then, yeah, I guess when it came to the end of the year, I was still looking at staying on, doing my four years. But I think about four out of my eight teammates ended up leaving. The coach left. Um, so it just kind of fell into peace. I spoke to a, another Kiwi tennis player, Carl Butters, who was at Boise at the time. I was kind of just thinking about transferring because a lot of my friends had transferred. There was no coach that was even lined up for the next year. But at the same time, I wasn't really enjoying the tennis as much as I thought I would be. It was, um, you know, a great experience. But at the same time, it was, you know, maybe a bit more, um, I wouldn't say competitive, but just, yeah, pretty full on, more full on than I thought it would be. So it kind of led me into speaking to Carl Butters, ended up speaking to Greg Patton at Boise, and I thought that was, you know, more of a better fit for myself. Um, ended up just, just transferring. And I guess another reason was that it was on the other side of the states. So I wanted to do a lot of traveling, so I got to see a bunch of new states. So I think that was one of the, the main drivers behind, you know, looking at transferring schools. And I, I think you bring up an interesting point that, you know, when you go, both schools you were at are Division One schools, but Tennessee is, like you said, a very big sports school. It's in, you know, Southeast, big, big, big uh, football area. Sports are huge in those programs. And so being a tennis player in a program like that is a little bit different than going to a Boise State where it's considered a mid-major school. Um, The tennis is still very important and there's a focus on it, but I think there's more balance to be found uh, in the mid-majors. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'll definitely say that. And I think just the way Greg Patton kind of ran the program, it was, you know, very focused towards not just tennis, which obviously it was, we were going there for tennis, but it was also a big push on like academics, you know, enjoying yourself, having fun with your teammates and, you know, traveling, doing doing what you wanted to do while you're over there. Because a lot of us were international students, that was all new to us. He respected that. I think he had a lot of experience um, based on raising people outside of America as well as in America as a, as a coach. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something I'd agree with. It's Maybe they're still very intense playing college tennis at any Division One level, but I guess perhaps less intense at Boise State. And like I mentioned, just more more time and more, um, you know, I guess direction from the coach to focus on other things outside of just tennis all the time, which is something that you know I really found, um, you know, a good a good aspect about Boise State to be honest. When you were recruiting before you came to Tennessee, and then when you were deciding to do the transfer, how important was the coaching situation to you, how important was the level of academics at the school? How important was the level of tennis, like, you know, the ranking of the program? Um, Can you kind of put all that in perspective for us? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think in terms of the ranking for tennis, I mean, Tennessee is obviously a very, you know, famous tennis school. We were, you know, highly ranked, had some great players come through Tennessee. So, I really enjoyed that aspect of it being, you know, I guess the highest level in the SEC conference. But at the same time, I wouldn't say that was my main priority about college. You know, I'd more want to get a really good degree. I think both schools are great academically. So it wasn't about which school I was at, but it was more just having a a better balance, I'd say, in terms of having more time to focus on, you know, each of those three areas, whether it be academics, tennis, or just, you know, even going out with friends for the weekend or traveling away for the weekend. I just found that it was maybe a better balance to me at Boise State. Um, I could have been led by the coach, by the teammates, but I think it's very important to, to make sure that you're surrounded by the right people. I think sometimes when 
you know, there's a coach that's, you know, mainly focused on, you know, one area of those three that I mentioned that can lead to, you know, people leaving, like I mentioned at Tennessee, or people not being as happy as they should be in a college environment. So at the end of the day, you're going over there, not just tennis and academics, but have a good time as well. So I think, you know, Boise State, for me, personally, did a lot better job in just making it more personalized to those three aspects and you know, really allowing me to, to experience the whole college experience I thought it would be um, you know, before going over there um, during my first year. Looking back now, do you think there are questions you could have asked that would have led you to Boise first? Or do you think going to Tennessee first was kind of a necessary step? Like you needed to kind of go through that process? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I'm I'm very happy with my you know, the process that I followed. I'm glad that I got to go to Tennessee for a year and then go to Boise for three years. It was um, you know, completely different experiences on both accounts. It allowed me to experience two completely different universities, two different states. I mean, you know, you're in the South for one, uh, which is a bit of a culture shock coming from New Zealand, and then you go into the Boise you know, State in Idaho, which is also you know a lot different from not just Tennessee but New Zealand too. So it's completely different uh, from both um, schools. So I think just in terms of traveling around a lot, um, both schools are situated in different conferences. I got to see a lot of different schools, a lot of people that I knew that went over to New Zealand too. So in terms of doing it all over again, I would have probably done the exact same thing, even though that might sound a bit weird. Cause I know transferring is quite a you know stressful process, but for me, it was it was quite smooth. I even actually talked to um, Greg Patton in Boise State when I was doing my initial um, recruiting process and ended up just choosing Tennessee based on, I guess, the tennis level, um, based on the fact that, you know, a bigger sports school, you'd say, and you know, bigger football stadium. Um, so, yeah, I think that was the main reason I just chose Tennessee at the time, even though I did have an offer from Boise State um, prior to that, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because some people would say, why don't you just go to Boise State, do the four years? But for me, it was the fact that I got to experience both both cultures, you know, be, you know meet a lot of different new people um, as, as a result of that. And, yeah, I think it's it was quite a unique college experience going from one end of the country to the other, two different, two completely different schools. But, um, yeah, I'll do it all over again for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people look at college tennis and, and the transfer process as kind of a failure. Like if you have to transfer, that's because you've made a poor decision or it's a failure. But as you're explaining to us, that's not necessarily true. You know, things change, people change, your your desires change, what you want out of your college experience changes. My son did the same thing, you know, started at Santa Clara, transferred to Boise State. Thank goodness, met you. But, you know, I don't think he would say looking back that that was you know a failure it just it was part of the whole journey right yeah no definitely and i think some transfer processes are a lot smoother than others you know for me personally it was quite difficult with the whole academic transferring side of things i had to do a lot of different credits and that are already done so that was quite stressful you know i had to play catch up essentially it's semester to do one extra class and i think morgan was the same as well mm -hmm. so I think that's something that could be maybe improved as the whole process because at the end of the day you're transferring schools. It shouldn't be, you know, an issue of transferring academic papers where you've done the exact same class, which I found, you know, quite difficult because you're going to a new school, you know, new people. You don't want to be, you know, stressing about having to do academics all over again and, and playing catch up, especially being an international student too, where it's all completely new. It's a new academic system, uh, something you're not used to. So for me, that was probably the biggest challenge was just not having all my credits in place when I got to Boise, a new school. It was like starting fresh almost, which is good, but at the same time, you want to have that, you know, those credits to make sure you're not just going to catch up and spending an extra, you know, three hours a week just going to class when it's already a pretty hectic schedule. 
fitness wise. So speaking of the hectic schedule, do you remember like what your day looked like at Tennessee versus what your day looked like at Boise? Can you compare the two of them? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the the tennis and uh, fitness at Tennessee was um, probably about the same. I can't remember what the hours are now, but I know each school was only allowed to do a certain amount of hours each week. So I think we covered both of those hours the exact same at Boise and Tennessee. But Tennessee, I would say, was um, probably a lot more intense, uh, which I enjoyed. It was very challenging. Um, you know, the workouts were very intense, very early morning. Um, training was long and um yeah, I'd just say, you know, like I mentioned, more intense. Whereas at Boise State, it was more, you know, we would do the hours, it would spend time stretching, you know, not joking around, but, um, you know, spending some extra time just with the team, playing a few games, which I think is great because it builds the culture um, in the team. So I think, you know, both were completely different. Um, but at the same time, I think there's no right way to do things. You know, at Tennessee, it was great because it was intense. It was, um, you know, pretty full on with the coach there. And I think everyone on the team was, you know, at that level where they wanted to go pro, I think at Tennessee, whereas Boise State, people were more there to, you know, do well in the college experience, but kind of maybe stop after university. Um, so I think it was just a different level altogether. Um, but my schedule was very similar in terms of the hours I was doing each week. Um, I'll just say maybe more early mornings at Tennessee and uh, maybe a few more, more difficult runs and, and fitness-wise. But aside from that, it was yeah, very similar in terms of my schedule and hours I spent doing tennis in relation to that. Got it. What was your major in college? What did you, what was your focus? Yeah, so I mean, I went over there and had no idea what I wanted to study, to be honest. So I started off doing, <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what I started doing, some, um, you know, silly degree. But I think I ended up doing a, a double major in business administration and management with a minor in marketing. Um, and yeah, I just kind of fell into that, to be honest. I, you know, even in my last semester, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do after college or even what I wanted to graduate in, but I just kind of fell into it bunch of my peers were doing that and um yeah i guess it was just a business degree in general and i wanted to focus on so yeah it was just a something i fell into like i mentioned but yeah enjoyed it at the same time it wasn't um too much of a, a challenge considering a lot of my friends were doing the same degree so it was great to be in a team that you know we kind of feed off and then make sure we're all on the same page and, and going to class doing all the, the right work we needed to do right so after graduation your tennis wasn't over, unlike a lot of college tennis players who either they're done with competitive tennis once they graduate undergraduate, get their degree, or they're moving into the pro tour. You did neither of those things. You picked up and moved to London and went to graduate school and continued to play tennis. So can you talk a little bit about that decision to continue with your your postgraduate studies and postgraduate tennis? Yeah, so for me, um, I never really intended to go professional. I don't think, you know, I was ever at that level. I was kind of honest with myself from an early age. I wanted to just go to college, get my degree, um, you know, kind of get a free education and then, you know, move countries, like I mentioned at the start of this, you know, podcast, just to have a new experience, meet new people, get out of New Zealand for a bit. Uh, but after college, like you mentioned, I was actually supposed to go into a graduate uh, program at University of Nottingham in the UK, but I ended up not doing that. So, um, yeah, I was planning on going there for 10 doing a two-year master's program, um, finishing, you know, my studies as a whole, but also playing tennis for the university. It was going to be a lot more social, which I was looking forward to. It was just three days a week. Um, you know, you travel, I think, twice a month or something. But yeah, I decided not to do that just based on the fact that, you know, I wanted to kind of get out into the working 
life a bit more. I was in London at the time, whereas I didn't want to move up to Nottingham. And yeah, maybe also I wasn't really too keen on, on playing tennis at that stage as well. So I, I opted out of that um, program at Nottingham and just started working, playing a bit of tennis, maybe like once or twice a week. But yeah, didn't actually end up going to that graduate program in the end. Okay. And then at what point did you make the decision to move back to New Zealand? Uh, I think it was September last year, um, pretty much just due to COVID. It was, um, yeah, not the best in London, like I'm sure most people know. So, yeah, I was planning on staying in London for you know four or five years, but decided to come back to New Zealand in September last year, and I've been here ever since. So I think I'll uh, you know eventually go back to London at some stage. But yeah, for the time being, just yeah, back in New Zealand where there's you know, zero COVID. I know London's a lot better now, but I think it was the right decision to make at the time, um, just based on the fact that a lot of my friends had left London due to COVID wasn't much going on. I was working from home um, and you hadn't seen my family in a while as well. So I just thought it was the right time to, to come home for a bit. And are both your brothers home as well? Yeah. So my younger brother, um, like I mentioned, he went to Boise State with me for a year, ended up transferring as well. So yeah, parents best to deal with a lot of different, you know, paperwork <laughs> and, you know, two kids transferring schools, different states. So he went to Alabama, um, University of Northern Alabama, I think it was um, for his last few years. And he just graduated uh, this year, so he's come back, I think, about a month ago. So we're all home now for the first time in, I think, six years altogether, which is which is great. So I want to segue a little bit and talk about what, how you have kind of parlayed your tennis experience into your life experience with your job and, you know, how how tennis kind of played into all of that. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, from a young age, tennis teaches you to be, you know, competitive um, and teaches you some great life skills, from my opinion. So, you know, at times I think it's it's a tough sport to play. You, you might get sick of it like I did for a year or two at college. But um, overall, I think it teaches you so much. I mean, just the fact that you get to meet so many people. Um, you know, I've got friends all over the world because of tennis um, and places to stay all over the world. But more than that, you're out there, but, you know, on yourself you're out there by yourself you know there's no one else out there you know holding a racket there's no team there's no one to pass to like in soccer for example it's all just you at the end of the day so it's it's tough but at the same time it teaches character i think it's you know competitiveness it's just being able to, to overcome you know challenges you know you're playing for a team as well so it can be quite stressful at the end of the day when it's just you you know sometimes it can just come down to your match at the end of the day so it's um yeah something i've incorporated into my you know working you know lifestyle it's um, helped me manage my time very well, I think. And yeah, I guess the main aspect that I kind of got out of tennis was just the social aspect. So being able to talk to people from different cultures, being able to fit in with people from all over the world. Just because tennis is a very international sport, so at every tournament there's people from you know different backgrounds, different cultures. And yeah, I'd say that's given me the ability to, to talk to, to people in yeah, different walks of life, essentially, and meet people in different walks of life too. So yeah, it's something I'm, I'm glad I grew up playing. And, you know, like I mentioned, you can get sick of it sometimes. Like I'm sure everyone does with their sport they're focused on. But, yeah, it's, it's a great experience uh, for me personally. And I'd recommend, you know, getting into tennis if you're you know, at a young age and, and everything. Because it does teach you those life skills that I think are very important. I'd like to touch on that statement that you get sick of it from time to time. How did mm-hmm. you kind of fight through that? Or I shouldn't say fight. How did you work through that? And convince yourself that the right thing for you was to stick with it and keep pushing through. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it was never like, you know, I thought about giving up. It was more just, you know, it gets quite, you know, full on at some points. You might have a full course load, you know, especially towards the end of your college career when you just focus on getting your degree. It sometimes seems very difficult to, you know, wake up early each week, each morning, um, you know, do, you know, two hours, three hours a day on the tennis court. When you've been doing that for so many years, it can just get a bit, not repetitive, but just, you know, I guess it's a bit challenging to, to be motivated at times. So, it was no, never something I considered just walking away from. I was always very set on, you know, continuing to play, do my best for the team. Um, no matter what the situation was with me personally, it was always about just you know, going out there, making sure I finished my degree, finishing my tennis, and then wanted to stop early. Um, and I'd say the main thing that helped me was just that people were on the same page, you know, at university, especially at Boise. People were in a very similar position, and people were kind of, you know, Think of it at the same time, I'd say, um, to get people to converse with, people to, to lift you up when you were down. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. Um, and I think no one kind of goes through their whole sporting career just being, you know, love with the sport at all times. It takes, you know, ups and downs, which I think is great, you know, not just for the sport, but also to develop character. And sometimes it can lead to, you know, better performances. I think for me personally, my uh, junior year, I struggled a bit in one semester with just being motivated about tennis, but, you know, took a break for like two months um, over the summer and then kind of came back and, you know, had a really good uh, fall in, you know, I think um, spring semester that following year. So sometimes a break works, sometimes just being, you know, more focused on doing more hours work. Some people, for me, it was just taking a, a break, just stepping away from the sport for like one or two months over summer, just kind of rethinking things and then coming back fresh. So I think, you know, in college, sometimes you don't really have that chance to step away from the sport. It's always, you know, every day you're focused on it. You know, you're living with tennis guys, so it's tennis conversations. There's, you know, I think coming home during the summer to New Zealand, that one summer really helped me just step away for a bit. You kind of rethink about the sport. Um, and, yeah, I guess maybe fall in love with it again when I came back, um, which I think, you know, some people might disagree with about taking a break during, you know, between semesters when it's quite key to continue playing. Coach would push you to play tournaments, but... Yeah, I'd recommend if it's something you know you're sick of for you know a year or two, just take a break, step away, and come back fresh and ready to go. I mean, that's a message I've been putting out there too. Which, you know, sadly, it's not something I understood when Morgan was coming up through the juniors. You know, I thought it had to be all tennis all the time. We go on vacation, you got to take your rackets. You know, we yeah. every every day has to be tennis. And then in his freshman year, when he was making that decision whether or not to continue to play or transfer or what he was going to do, and he took all that time off and then came back and made the decision to transfer to Boise, that was kind of my aha moment as a parent, realizing, you know, he didn't touch a racket for three months. And Mm -hmm. now he's motivated, whatever the motivation was, you know, but it was there again. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the willingness to put the hours in and put the effort in came back. Um, And and I think he had a lot of reasons for that. It wasn't necessarily because he wanted to be a great college tennis player, but he understood what tennis was doing for him. Did you have some of that too, where like during that break, it was like, okay, this feels really good to step away, but like I made this commitment, so I'm going to continue on and finish it out. Yeah, no, I'll definitely, you know, say similar to experience to Morgan, you know, you kind of step away for a bit and, you know, maybe I got a bit too comfortable at times just thinking, oh, what's the point of going back? It's, you know, maybe so great just being outside of tennis, but at the same time, you know, if you do think about it, 
um, you know, you're there for a reason, you know, you, there's a team that's relying on you, you're not just there individually. So for me, it was all about, you know, just performing for the team, for the coach and made a promise. So I think that really weighed heavy on me when I was taking a break, just that it's not all about me. You know, there's a team that relies on me. I've got a scholarship for a reason. So, um, so yeah, I think that played a, a big factor into me wanting to come back and, you know, start training again. Um, but at the same time, you do miss it. Like it's something you've grown up, you know, since, you know, a very young age, most tennis players start around five, six years old. So even though a break's good, it's, it's also weird to have a two month break. That's not something that most tennis players would do about their career. So having that break, you kind of miss it after a while and then you start hitting slowly again, enjoying it more again and just getting back into that whole swing of things. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think even though a break's good at the same time, it, um, you know, there's got to be an end to it at some stage. So I think, um, yeah, the main reason is just obviously the new season starting, the team relying on you. Um, so that was why I kind of came back into it um, from my point of view. Did you feel like when you came back from the break that it had a negative impact, a positive impact, or no impact on your tennis skill? Like the physical skill, not the mental side of it. Yeah, I'd say I'd say mentally I came um, in a lot stronger, but physically, yeah, it takes a while. I mean, tennis is all hand-eye coordination, so the first two to three weeks is, you know, a bit of a challenge just getting back into the flow of things, you know, just remembering exactly how, you know, your style of game is. So for me, it just took like two, two to three weeks just, you know, not going, you know, full bore at the start of things, just slowly getting into it, not getting frustrated, just knowing it's going to take a bit of time. Um, yeah, I think just mentally it's just refreshing to come back and have that new mindset. So for me, it wasn't too much of a challenge. It just obviously takes a few weeks just to get back into, you know, the level that you were at previously to taking a break. Because obviously, you know, like any sport, if you take a few breaks, you can get rusty. You can, you know, um, you know lose some of the technique even. So... Yeah, I think it didn't take maybe as long as I thought it would. It was just about being patient and just knowing the process will work. So at the end of the day, you've grown up with tennis racket in your hand for a year. So it shouldn't take as long as, you know, most people would think to get back into it. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're still playing tennis now. What are you doing with your tennis? Are you in leagues? Or are you how How is tennis fitting into your day-to-day? -day? Yeah, so for me, I mean, like I mentioned in London, I was, you know, originally planning on playing it. Um, my master's school I was going to in Nottingham but decided not to so I only started playing about once a week in London um, and then all together over the winter just stopped playing completely um, which was mainly just the fact that I you know wasn't really interested I had no desire to play I was kind of enjoying the break I was doing other things I was playing other sports and then I came back to New Zealand it was the summer at the time a lot of my friends that I grew up playing tennis with were back from college as well so yeah just started hitting a bit more playing a bit of doubles um, and now it's just all kind of social to be honest it's um, yeah, doubles, it's, um, you know, just having a, a few drinks on the side, you know, on a Friday night with friends playing tennis. And, you know, eventually I'll, I might start playing a few leagues as well, a few, um, yeah, tournaments perhaps. But at this stage, I'm just happy just playing once or twice a week with my brothers or friends and treating it more as a social sport. And I think the great thing about tennis is you can play until, you know, whatever age, really. There's no limit on when you can stop. So for me, it's something I'll definitely look to play until I'm, you know, long as I can really because um, it's a great way to make pe meet people a great way to travel and I think tennis has a great um, culture in New Zealand too about just you know the club life's good um, so for me it's all social at this point but maybe in the future I'll look to start playing a bit more but yeah at this stage it's just once or twice a week or even you know might take a break for a few weeks there's no limit on it on when I need to play or for how long which is um, nice as well. Do you miss the rigors of 
the daily training, the daily hitting, you know, the kind of mental focus that you had, or are you enjoying being done with that piece of it? Yeah, I'd say more enjoying being done with it, to be honest. I mean, looking back, yeah, it's something I'll do all, all over again, um, just based on the people that I met. I really enjoyed, um, you know, the, the team matches, especially how competitive they were, just traveling to different schools, um, playing, you know, some guys at the high level. Um, and I think just the college experience and the college matches is a great experience for anyone, um, no matter what sport they're playing. But I think tennis is also you know, very enjoyable. It's, um, you know, you get you know, good crowds. It's um, you know, very unique on which school you go to, the conferences. It's all very different from tennis in New Zealand. Um, it's almost a different sport, college tennis, than you know, tennis in New Zealand. So I really enjoyed that aspect of things. But at the same time, you know, you can only do it for so, so long. Four years is a long time to do that day in, day out. So at this stage, I'm more enjoying just, yeah, um, being done with it. But, yeah, definitely look back fondly on some of those times, some of those matches. Um, yeah, I'd say mostly enjoying being, you know, done with it all and, um, yeah, happy with where I'm at and, yeah, the process I followed for my college career, for sure. One of the things that I hear quite often from people out in the adult world is that they love recruiting college athletes to work at their business, their office, whatever it is. Did you find that being an American college athlete was an advantage to you when you were interviewing for jobs? Did it come up in your interview process at all? Yeah, no, it definitely came up. It was probably the um, you know, the biggest talking point. I mean, it's pretty clear on a CV, and I guess it's unique as well. A lot of people that are applying for the same job wouldn't really have the opportunity to have that experience, you know, to put on their CV. So I think it definitely stands out with a recruiter or whoever you're talking to, whatever company it is. So for me, I think it helped me a lot with my recruiting process getting into my first job. Um, you know, I know I was going up against people that had, you know, maybe a lot better academics um, results than me, better degrees, better schools they went to academically, but I think recruiters really look for people that were in sport. Um, you can kind of you know, come across as an interview as being, you know, a team player, someone that's competitive, doesn't like to lose, which I think is, you know, something that can transfer into a, a job as well. So for me, it definitely helped for sure in both London and New Zealand where I am now. I think, you know, people look upon that fondly. It's something that you've gone out, you've obviously shown you can be comfortable in a new, um, you know, environment. It's something that, um, you know, you need to obviously be, able to manage your time really well so they can all transfer into into jobs I think especially so I think if you're yeah planning on on going to college it's definitely something you can tra transition to um, you know decently into a work life as well after you know you're graduated from my experience do you remember specifically conversations that you had during your interviewing process with jobs that like what kind of things were they asking you about your tennis experience in college do you remember it wasn't so much about my tennis experience. It was more about, you know, most interviewers kind of asked you a question about, um, you know, if you give me an example of this or example of that, you know, what would it be? So, like, one of the questions, for example, was, can you give me an example of, you know, when you had to deal with something that was a, a struggle, you had to kind of, you know, come over that adversity or something like that. And I think most people would just give an answer that was, you know, quite generic based on the university experience without sport, whereas if you can come across as, you know, being at sport, um, in, in the States, you can come across differently to a um, recruiter. So for me, it was just answering those questions just truthfully and honestly about my you know, college sport experience. And obviously, I think it stands out um, to be quite different uh, for the person who's speaking to this interview and you compared to the previous candidates that have spoken to as well. But yeah, I think it's all just about relating it back to 
not just all sport at the end of the day. It's about how you can transfer those sports skills, those life skills you've learned from you know, whatever sport you're playing into you know, the academic or um, work life as well. Do you feel like that you always had this ability to to speak? I mean, you're you're so articulate. You're so easy to talk to. Has is this a skill you've developed, or did you kind of come into the world with that skill set? No, I wouldn't say I came into the world with that skill set. I mean, a lot of it was yeah, growing up. I think my parents, you know, have been great in terms of you know building us as as characters for my brothers. But it's mainly just been you know, I guess even down to tennis, just traveling a lot, um, you know, being away from home at a young age, just having to be a lot more independent maybe than some kids, I'm not sure. But yeah, I think for me, I mean, I've spent, you know, a lot of years away from home at a, at a young age. So meeting new people from different backgrounds, you know, I've got, you know, friends like I mentioned all over the place that are completely different from people you grow up with when you're young. So for me, it's about just learning those social skills from, you know, different people, different environments, and yeah, obviously being out of your comfort zone. I think that's a big Thing that I'll always push uh, for myself and you know friends as well as you know hopefully kids in the future but just being out of your comfort zone is a great thing I think it teaches you to not just have you know good social skills but also just um, yeah I guess just go out there and um, you know improve on some things that you would have you know thought about being nervous um, towards at the end of the day so yeah I'd say as many down to the fact that you know you're out of your comfort zone um, you're away from your home for quite a while you're meeting new people all the time um so you're kind of enforced into that culture and forced into to speaking to people from all walks of life if you were talking to 12 year old jack what advice would you give him that's a great question um oh thank you <laughs> i don't know i mean i, I would uh, <laughs> i would definitely encourage myself just to, to keep going with the tennis and whatever i was doing at the time just to to keep um, you know, pushing forward and trying to be the best, you know, me that I can be, um, whether that be, you know, with my tennis or other sports or other academics. But yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I'd say mainly just, um, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Listen to my parents was the main thing. I think my parents helped me a lot with my, you know, recruiting process. So I think it was about maybe just trusting them even more um, than I did at that stage of my life and just kind of understanding that things will play out at the end of the day if you do focus on them if you do work hard things are gonna you know fall into place if you do the right things so trusting the you know the process and you know trusting the people around you um, are the main things i would i would tell myself i think when i was you know 12 years old so you you mentioned tim your brother who also came to the states to play college tennis and and i had the pleasure to meet tim as well um how much of an influence do you think you've had over Tim in terms of his tennis and, you know, that decision to come to the States too, and, you know, his, his whole experience and now being back in New Zealand together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, he was very similar to me, wanted to go to college from a young age. I mean, I guess followed in my footsteps. He's about three years younger, so it was always a few steps behind. But I think it was great because he got to see, you know, the direction I was heading in. You have to learn from my college experience. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, like I mentioned at the start, most New Zealanders are just set on going to college. It's something you get some grain from a young age. Just college is the next level. College is the, the place you want to go if you want to keep developing, keep playing your tennis. So yeah, he ended up coming to Boise State, I, I guess, because of the relationship I had with Greg Patton. But also, he was a great player as well. So I mean, it was kind of a no brainer um, from both sides for him to come over to Boise. Um, so yeah, I'd say I had a, a good influence on him just based on the fact that I was, you know, a few steps ahead, had done the, the things that he was going through at the moment. So I guess I was a resource for him to talk to. 
um, about some of the things he was feeling, about what he wanted to do, where he wanted to head, and had that experience around the States as well to kind of push him away from some schools or push him towards other schools. Um, so yeah, I guess just being that, that resource in terms of answering any questions he had um, regarding something he wanted to know more about or didn't know enough about. I mean, it's a pretty unique experience to get to play college tennis with your brother, right? To be on the team together, especially coming from outside the States. Um, mm -hmm. Was that something that you, like, do you feel like you valued that while he was there? Or now in hindsight, do you look back and say, gosh, I should have done ABC? No, it's something I think, um, yeah, that was stick with me for the rest of my life. It was you know, very unique, I think, to have two brothers on the same team. I know it happens, but for me and my parents, it was something we never thought would actually happen. So I think it was great for us to be, you know, in a completely different country, you know, hours away from New Zealand on the same team. You know, we've always got along very well. And I think just being on the same team and in the same you know, city in the middle of, you know, kind of nowhere really helped us build our relationship too. So we're even closer than we were previously. And um, yeah, for me personally, it was something um, that I'm very glad happened. It was great to be on a team, um, you know, with, with my brother. And, you know, I wish it could have um, ended up being a few more years. Yes, he ended up transferring after that one year. But yeah, that one year was yeah, very special to me. I'm sure you know, he would say the same. You know, we were around each other a lot. Um, and yeah, it's something uh, that I think, um, yeah, like I mentioned, it's very unique. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, but I'm glad that Greg Patton invested in, in my brother and myself and allowed it to happen and, and something that I'll definitely treasure um, going forward and something I definitely don't regret um, having him at the same school as me. So do you and Tim gang up on your other brother who doesn't didn't play college tennis? <laughs> no, no, not really. Not, he's kind of been a, <laughs> a different focus towards more athletics. So, um, no, he was never very interested about going to you know, college or going over for tennis or anything like that. So I guess Tim and I are maybe quite different from that aspect. But no, there's no ganging up, I'd say, anymore. I mean, we used to fight a lot like any brother's words when we were younger. But no, we all get along very well um, at the moment. And um, Yeah, I wouldn't call it ganging up as such, but maybe a few uh, yeah teasing comments every now and then. So obviously, it's quite a special experience to be, you know, in, in college in America. So I think, you know, maybe a bit of jealousy at times. But yeah, there was nothing sinister about it, I would say. I love it. What else do you think that young tennis players coming up need to understand about being on the college tennis pathway? Um, you know, we have mostly an American audience. Um, we do have, you know, a, a bit of an international pull, but, but mostly Americans and, you know, mostly parents of junior tennis players who are looking to play in college. What message do you want to share with them? Yeah, I would say just to do your homework. I mean, it's, you know, especially depending on what level you're at, you get a lot of interest from some schools, you might have interest from other schools, but it's just about doing your homework about which school. I think that's something I could have done more about just investing in, spending more time about looking at the school, the academic program, the coaches, even just looking into the players, having a conversation with the current players, just making sure it's a good fit for you because I think so many different tennis players just, end up transferring is quite a big rate, I think, of going from one school to another, even a third school. Especially this year. It's crazy yeah. this year with COVID, yeah. Yeah. But even though, like I mentioned, it's it was great for me to transfer to two different schools, have two different experiences, but at the same time, you want to be kind of comfortable prior to going in. You know what you're going to get. You want to trust what you're going to get. And I think just being able to, to trust the coach is one of the main things. So building that relationship with the coach when you're going through a recruiting process, just being able to trust what he's saying, 
Um, so I think there's a lot of coaches out there that you know are very different um, at each school, each conference. So I think just building that relationship with the coach um, is the main thing because you know this, at the end of the day you know, you're around them you know pretty much 24/7. Um, so yeah, I think just making sure you do your homework, you know, you do diligence in terms of checking out the team, checking out the city, um, everything that goes into the college. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's mainly just about. Um, you know, conversing with, with the coach, making sure you trust him um, prior to, you know, accepting anything. I think there's, you know, some, sometimes some kids will just accept the first offer they get, but it's about just being patient and making sure you, you know, you're comfortable with the fit that you're getting, not just jumping into the first thing that comes, you know, on your plate. It's about, um, you know, speaking to a, a range of different schools so you have something to choose from at the end of the day and not just jumping into, you know, the first thing that's, you know, top of mind or, you know, you might even get a school that you've been very interested in from the very start, but it could not be the right fit. So it's about just, you know, looking around a bit, um, not being afraid to get out of your comfort zone and maybe go to a state on the other side of America or just, you know, being away from home for a bit. So I think it's just, yeah, all down to, um, yeah, just researching a lot and doing a lot of personal, um, yeah, insight into where you want to go and what you think you get from that experience as well. Do you have any regrets about picking tennis over the other sports when you had to finally make that choice? Uh, I mean, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened out of those sports and what direction it would have led in. But at the same time, I think if I chose one of those sports, I would never have gone to America. Um, it's not so much of a college focus as some of those sports I was playing at a younger age. So for me, I'm very glad I picked tennis. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to, to play an individual sport as well, which I was very big about just being out there by myself um you know it's on my racket at the end of the day so yeah i think for me um yeah sometimes look back and what if i did this what if i did that but i don't think that's a healthy way to think you know think about things i've chosen this at the end of the day i'm happy with my decision and yeah the main thing is i've just met so many great people um from you know different cultures different backgrounds so i would do it all over again um, like i mentioned several times well i love hearing that it, again jack it's so great seeing you and uh we were supposed to try and come visit you at the end of this year, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen with these stupid COVID restrictions. But hopefully we're going to get down there and get to see your part of the world and hopefully get to meet the rest of your family at some point soon. That would be so lovely. Yeah, no, it's a shame it had to be um, all cancelled, but maybe hopefully next year we'll see. But yeah, definitely looking forward to, to getting both our families together at some stage. And um, yeah, it should be great if we can get that organized at some point. For sure. For sure. Well, Jack, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, for chatting with me, for sharing your experience with all of our listeners. And to the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, buy a tennis if you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.